the expectations are certainly high. Come on, come on, think positive, man. In the post-game locker room, the word I heard most was adversity. Have you learned to deal with that yet? Sorry. Take it easy, guys. <laughs> the only question, how long can it last? What side is it? Game done! Back in my day, my name's David Petrangelo. Once again, this week, I'm joined by Michael R. Power. Mike, how's everything going? It's been a couple weeks since our recording. How's uh, how's everyone at home? Good. Everyone's good. No I news is good news, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> There's only so much, only so much updates. As long as everything's okay, right? So. <laughs> yes. Life has become very much like the movie Groundhog Day, which we talked about <laughs> on a previous episode, but. Uh, <laughs> Could be worse, you know? Could be worse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So hopefully everyone's healthy and safe out there in, uh, in multiple ways with everything that's been going on the last few weeks. But over the last few weeks, um, it was going on, I guess it was running for pretty much all of May, but um, we've uh, been watching sort of the big, I guess, sports item of the season since uh, all sports are sort of shut down now is uh, The Last Dance. We've been watching that. So here in Canada, it's up on Netflix in the States, it's up at U- on ESPN, and I think eventually coming to Netflix. I think I read that the last week or something. So either way, it's going to more and more people are going to have a chance to watch it, which is uh, which is cool. So Last Dance is the uh, Michael Jordan-focused Chicago Bulls uh, early to late 90s dynasty story, basically. Um, that's a very broad and easy way to explain what it is, but... Uh, it's kind of right focus on the like the final um, championship run, their sixth championship. Like it's mostly focused on that final year, right? But it does weave weave through the whole dynasty, like you said. Exactly, and it starts with you know they go back to Jordan getting drafted and and Pippen traded. And anyway, this is just a whole bunch of like basketball talk, really. But really, what it is is a good look at the '90s, I think. And yes. it's not just about the sport. It's not just about the players. I mean, it really is, but. Um, or the coaches and stuff, but it's um, it's a lot about what life was like and how uh, this sort of exploded, um, this sort of culture around sport and icons and stuff exploded in the 90s. So um, we'll, we'll go through all the sort of like intricate stuff, I guess, as we go along. But um, Mike, you started watching just the other day, I think, right? You're not, you're not finished it just yet? That's right. I'm, yes, I know everyone else in the whole world has watched it. I'm late to the party. I was finishing other things um but i'm really enjoying it so far especially because i'm now it's been three months without sports and i'm missing sports very much so this is a good good little uh feeling a little sports need that i have and um reminding me of the good old days of the 90s i i know it's very different right it seems (laughs) yes I just I I um I finished it. I, I was watching it as it was coming out, so I'm not sure what the exact release schedule was in the states <clears throat> on ESPN. But here on uh, the Canadian Netflix, they came out with two episodes every mo- every Monday uh, over the course of I think I guess five weeks because it was ten episodes. So we we sat and we watched two episodes back to back for five weeks. Oh, it was as they came out, eh? As they came out. I just, I had, to, I had to watch it. Yeah. Like every Monday at dinner, it's like, okay, we're sitting down, we're going to watch it while we eat. And then we're just going to keep watching until these are over. Um, 
And uh, I, I think like I was ready to watch the 11th episode right away. Like I, I just, I want to watch more of this, this show this that documentary is not perfect in, in somewhat in a few ways, but like, I can't, I can't find another show that I was like this into over the last year almost. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I, don't know I just started that's... watching it and I can't stop watching it. It's like, it's, it's so well done. And for me, like I said, it's feeling that sports, um, like the get sports gap for me and it's actually for me it's all new because i really wasn't paying attention that much to basketball in the 90s and obviously I knew who michael jordan was but i have to say everything i knew about michael jordan i learned from space jam and so <laughs> and i knew who he was obviously but like i had no idea about any of the stories around and the, the whole scotty pippen drama and how he was like so low paid and like it's like all new to me, even though I was alive then. It was happening around me. Um, and I had seen Michael Jordan play actually once at the Sky Dome. I was at that game in 96, um, but I barely remember it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm finding we're, it. Like, we're kind of at that age where it's like, um, it, it's, we were, I guess we were probably just a, a tiny bit too, I mean, we definitely were too young for the early 90s stuff because we'd be like yeah. five, six, seven years old. Exactly. I think that is more like, oh, it's, it's Michael Jordan and oh, it's sports, it's basketball. It's, you kind of, we're too young to sort of follow the intricacies and stuff. But yeah, like the, the stories that they have about all the players is is really well done. It's nice that they spend time with them too. Um, they don't just focus this on Jordan. I mean, I, th I think from what I've read and heard is that like, you know, they held on to this footage for 20 plus years and they only really released it when he said that it was okay and the other players said that it was okay to release it. So they sort of like chose to go back release this footage and do all these interviews and the interviews are just like they're so good they're they yeah. they're so entertaining to watch i mean you know everyone's kind of a personality but but jordan himself it's like he's very closed off and you can tell by the way these interviews go but like he's never really been big for interviews at all through his career and then all of a sudden he's like he's not just talking trash but you know he's talking a lot about stuff that you wouldn't have heard otherwise. So somehow they, they opened him up here or somehow he decided to open up a lot more. And I think Isn't that brings a lot he to had it. like final cut and everything. And he got to decide um, a lot of what went into it and what didn't. That's what yeah. I did at least. Like it, his production company or something like that has, has a hand in making this. So it's not like he was completely hands off and just sat there and got right. interviewed. So yeah, there is something there, but I don't know that it like really shows. I don't really know that it's, 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 I think it's favorable to him, but also it's still kind of shines some light on the fact that he was a real hard ass on a lot of people, and that like, you know, he he uh, towards the end of the end of the uh, episodes, you'll see he gets like a little bit. They get a lot into how people thought that he was just basically an asshole half the time. Yeah, he I heard that. I heard that even stuff. though he has final cut, it does he does allow them to show him like warts and all and everything right which is good which is what you want to see yeah you want to see exactly. the truth and everything and um i love this like inside behind the scenes look into like what's going on like i always find that like very fascinating so it, it's definitely a good documentary and um yeah i know i know you loved it and everyone's loving it so i'm just starting it i'm learning so much about basketball from the 90s Oh man, um, watching like, watching the highlights Detroit of him is just and, yeah. yeah, his the yeah. highlights of him are incredible. Like I obviously remember the highlights growing up, but I just didn't really 
um, you know, know about the details. We're just too young, you know, the intricacy, the details of the drama behind the scenes with the general manager and um, the coach and everything, right? So it's cool. And then you get to talk to Steve Kerr. That guy's the best. Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone he's, is so is very likable. I find I don't know. Like Dennis Rodman's my favorite. Um, oh my god, he's he's great in the in the in the doc. He's awesome. That, that's he's a really awesome. good like couple of episodes where they really they focus more on him. Yeah, those are the ones I just watched, and I always love Dennis Rodman, not because of basketball, because he's the this, he was always the wacky guy. <laughs> well, this this movie in the '90s called Double Team with I guess oh, I yeah. wasn't really paying attention to basketball, but I I did you know watch Space Jam and I watched the movie Double Team with Dennis Rodman and John Claude Van Damme, and <laughs> what a combo. I know it's like a horrible movie, but when, when 1997, me and my friends would rent it like all the time, and we just loved it. I need merchandise, the best. Sorry, I'm closed for tonight. You're open now. A world-class arms dealer. Did you open that? Yeah. With a flair for destruction. I don't know, man. I look at you, I see nothing but trouble. What the hell? I kind of like trouble. Uh, I have to go back and, like, watch this movie. But, yeah, it's it's called Double Team. It's It was a <laughs> John Claude Van Damme, uh, Dennis Rodman, like, action comedy. <laughs> it's it's a comedy just hearing like that it's them two and it, that's what we need right <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> yeah I, I um I'm I'm gonna wait a little bit but I'm ready to like just watch this whole thing over again like I absolutely love this thing and and yeah maybe a part of it is like because we're missing sports at the moment um and you know me and you aren't like the most massive basketball fans but I think you know we obviously appreciate it and stuff and I, I I've liked it a little bit more in the last few years. But um, especially back then, like Toronto didn't have a team and everything. So that's right. Yeah. Until we were like 10, 12 years old, there was no Toronto team. So um, it's like uh, I think it's it's a really good look at a story that is like a dynasty of sports, which is sometimes hard to sort of put your finger on why and how that happens. And it gives you it sheds light on that. So if you're a sports fan, that it gets pretty in-depth and and all that too and looks into some details of like how they played the games and how they they studied and practiced and stuff but then like the other half of it is like all the 90s culture and and you know his his sponsorships and his messaging and 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 how just the bulls themselves like just exploded all over the world really and how nba just like basketball all of a sudden just went everywhere and it's probably because of these teams and yeah like i didn't realize that the chicago bulls like before the jordan era were like not a great franchise. You they know, were terrible. No idea that they were like what they call them, the cocaine circus or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the traveling up, I always thought yeah. that the Chicago Bulls were like the pinnacle basketball franchise. But that's just because we grew up in the Michael Jordan era, right? Exactly. So he really changed them around to yeah. be that like that like elite tier franchise. Yeah, and they they do a good job of sort of explaining that too, right? They, they don't shy away from it, they, and they go back and forth in time to sort of like explain how it relates to that last season and stuff. And yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I, I love this. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch it again. Like honestly, like yeah. I, I I wrote down like the team was was tempted and wanted their seventh championship. Mm-hmm. And they and they didn't go for it because that's just that's real life spoiler for real life. They wanted that seventh win, and I wanted to watch an eleventh hour or go back to episode one and watch that again. Like that's what I wanted to do when I finished it. I just like I didn't want. There's only so much story you can tell, but man, I just wanted to just keep watching this thing. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I can see if sports, if 
sort of team sport doesn't come back soon like revisiting this just <laughs> yeah just to get unless some more documentary came out but just to get just to get that sports fix it's it's like definitely missing in my life yeah and we always have space jam like you said yeah you can also make more space jam yeah yeah you know what that's then next we gotta find double team and watch that <laughs> okay we should do that actually <laughs> a double header <laughs> yeah double features space jam double team and then oh we got to find whatever movie Scotty Pippen was in in the 90s and watch that, too. Oh, he must have been in something. Got, yeah, he must have been something. Is he in Space Jam briefly? I don't know. I know Larry Bird and those guys are in it, but uh, he might, no, he I might don't make a so. quick appearance. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. Know, the whole the whole story in the, in the documentary about Space Jam is cool, too, <laughs> the way that they show it. It's, yeah, I haven't got to that episode yet. Yeah, I think that's probably your next one or the one after that, so you'll see it. It's no. it's crazy how they how they got him, basically, to agree to do that movie or part of the reason why he did it during the off season and stuff. It's, it's cool. That's funny. All right. Well, uh, we'll come back in a few minutes, take a break. We're going to uh, hit up a couple more topics as we go along and what else we've sort of been playing and watching and stuff as well. Um, so yeah, we'll be back in a few minutes, everyone. And uh, we'll see you then. back everybody um myself and mike are now joined by ian walter sir how are you man great as good as things can be i would suppose (laughs) in this messed up world we live in it appears to be the very consistent answer across the board for most people but uh like i said to mike (laughs) like i said to mike before a few minutes ago uh no news is good news i guess right yeah there you go that's that's exactly it that's good. So, um, speaking of news, because that was a smooth transition, why not? Is um, <laughs> <laughs> we, that's, we why you're the host, just, Dave. that's why. That's why I'm so bad at what I do. Um, the we, you know, we usually are looking pretty far back, or at least far back enough, close to our childhood and stuff about about news that's happening. But uh, I think this is something we should we should touch on at least a little bit because it's kind of a strange thing. It's, it seems to be the first time it's. Um, almost ever happened as far as I can tell, but um, the quote-unquote Snyder Cut is coming out. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Ian, you're jumping into into the fray here uh, halfway through the episode, but uh, for anyone who doesn't know, what what is this Snyder Cut? Well, as far as I can tell, the Snyder Cut is essentially um, a near-finished assembly cut of uh, Justice League that is uh, more clo- or closer to Zack Snyder's true vision of what he wanted to do uh, with all of the DCEU titular characters that were assembled across, you know, starting with his film Man of Steel and extending into Batman v Superman. And then, of course, what we got, which was like a hybrid between Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon, in 2017 of the Justice League. But this would be more closely aligned to what Zack Snyder had envisioned all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and that's, yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of what director's cuts sort of always have been on DVD and Blu-ray and stuff. There's always sort of like these, what, what's the director's cut of this movie and that movie? And sometimes, it, generally, it's just like, almost across the board, it seems like they're just longer versions because <laughs> yeah, they like add much. scenes. But I think that, this one seems Tim Snyder's the king of like the three hour movie, right? <laughs> yeah, that too. Whether it, whether it should be or not, it's, <laughs> it's it seems. <laughs> um, 
yeah, yeah usually this feels it's like, like more than a director's cut because yeah director's cut like you said dave so it's usually just longer with scenes added um yeah, stuff that was like, cut when they when they sort of went to post is kind yeah, of what it feels it's like sometimes a different mostly. ending like a change in the ending like in blade right. runner that's probably the most famous like director's yes, cut right um but this one it's, it's the a final bit, cut <laughs> yeah it feels different because it's like Zack Snyder was supposed to direct the movie and he was directing the movie then some tragedy happened and he had to exit the movie and then Joss Whedon came in and had a different vision for the movie um, as the director and completed it. And so the movie did seem really like messy and jumbled and lacked tone, like consistent tone and vision, right? So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like, fact that he gets to come back and finish his movie i don't know it could it's something i'm looking actually looking forward to and they're not just using um what they have they're actually pumping like over 30 million dollars into creating this cut by like i don't know adding new scenes or finishing scenes that weren't finished which makes sense right because because we didn't have a finished product inside of his cut it was more so an assembly of different alternate right. takes and shots that he had done right but i think yeah, it's totally exactly. going to change like possibly it's the plot of the movie it might even change who the like antagonist is it could be a feel of like a very different movie which is that, that's the interesting part it's like so so the whole like i guess shit show leading up to this is like all these people pushing for it and uh you know a small minority is sort of like pushing in the wrong way to sort of get it done and like it's cool to have fans that are passionate about this stuff for sure right but it's not like this was already done and they just hit release and it just pops up online you know like they like you said they still need to put it yeah they still need to basically assemble this whole thing and i i think i think they're even getting some of the actors to record some dialogue for it as well um i don't think they're shooting anything crazy new but i could be wrong on that um there's gonna it's gonna take a while for this to happen and i think that is better than just releasing something that they just didn't use three years ago you know well yeah, yeah. they couldn't just release it because it wasn't finished it's like he had to leave you know a certain yeah, way to production done. and yeah and i i do like i know what you're talking about with the people pushing for it and it seemed like something that was never going to happen and me and it was very like toxic the snatter cut and carried this like very negative thing about it. And I never thought we'd get to see it. And I didn't even think it was real for the longest time until I think Jason Momoa like said something about it. And I was like, if he's saying something about it, he said he'd seen it. Right. And so like, I believe him, I wasn't sure about the anonymous people online, like talking yeah. about it and renting billboards and stuff. I oh sure, yeah. Like, oh, well, and, and the other important thing, the other important thing to note is that Snyder was an advocate for this. It wasn't just coming out of thin air. It was like this is something right. that he cared about too, and it was it was obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I wonder um, if it's gonna make like if it's gonna actually make it a good movie. I wonder. Like, I really want to see it because I. Are you I love, trying to say that this wasn't that great of a movie, Michael, in the first like, place? I love the justice, <laughs> I love the characters, I love the comic books, but the movie was was pretty trash. Yeah, there's um, aspects of it that are pretty. And I don't think it's Joss Whedon's fault. And I don't think so either. Like I think that it was just kind of like a Frankenstein's monster of what the yeah. studio wanted, and they needed to get someone with experience to come in and and finish it. I I would argue that he actually did the best he could from not starting out as as it being his vision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 
he, he yeah. just kind of had to do something with whatever they had, right? And it's just like, right. and you know, falling in line with what the studio intended. The studio wanted a certain type of movie, and it wasn't exactly what uh, Zack Snyder set out to make, right? Yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> I mean, this is maybe going on longer than we want it to. I mean, it is going on longer than we want it to, but everyone's sort of stuck at home, and and or should be stuck at home for the most part, and. Um, you know, as much as you can based on what's going on around the world at, at this time. But like, I don't know, do you think this would have happened a year ago? Or do you think this would have happened if there wasn't a pandemic? Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it had something to do with it. I mean, obviously, things don't just happen overnight. But they probably had a couple months to figure this out. And now, once the pandemic's done, or once it's sort of semi back to normal, I feel like this is a movie that they can release when movie theaters have I don't know, let's say 30 people or 40 people in a movie theater and people will go see this movie. I feel like that's the timeline for this. If they have to do so much to make it happen, like maybe it's actually maybe. pretty good timing. I'm too. not sure. I'm not sure it's being released in theaters. So I know it's going. I think they're HBO. using, I don't yeah, know. They're using it yeah. as like a marketing play for HBO max. Yeah. But I oh, think that's right. That's right. It's doing that. That's right. I'm I think you're exactly right. Dave. Like, I think, don't know. Yeah, I mean, they could do screenings, right? It yeah, depends right. on what the climate is like when it comes time. But they have about a year or so to get ready for that, right? Yeah. Um, but I think you're right, Dave, in the sense that it is seeming like it's a bit of a star of the line type situation as far as entertainment goes. Like, you're right. It, I don't think it would be coming out if they still had other projects that they were putting their money and, and effort into because they're not really focused on many active projects during the pandemic yeah. so it's like it's one of those That's things it's like kind of an opportunity right? and they can just have sort of snyder working on stuff that has already been assembled to to get this final version ready it's like they don't yeah. have to do much in terms of um you know breaking pandemic rules or anything like that yeah well because i mean like like wonder woman 1984 it's done Right, like that movie's yeah. done. It's just a matter of when it, when or or how it gets released. So it's like, exactly. okay, well, maybe this is their next big project. And because it's had such a like storied past, is sort of a weird way to say it because it's not like it's a twenty year old movie, but it's it's got a story behind it too. And I think that drives people to watch it. And yeah, that's right. It is doing the HBO Max thing, but even just that, like, I don't know. I, I guess I guess I'll I'll watch it if it's going to be online like that. Like, sure. I'm not going to rush to go see it because I never even saw the first one in the theater, but sure. I mean, it's interesting enough for me to, to want to see yeah. it. And like, like Mike said, the characters I really like. Exactly. Like, I like these characters. So. Well, um, yeah. What, yeah. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the movie news websites and the critics that I, like, tend to follow and like and trust were, like, really adamant that this was never going to happen and that there was no such thing as the Snyder Cut. So I was kind of like... Uh, it's a stupid thing online that people are doing. I never really yeah. paid any attention to it. And I was just like, whatever, it's noise, it's dumb. Um, and then now it's happening. And it wasn't until, like I said, Jason Momoa and if people started re- tweeting it, like, release the Snyder Cut, that I was like, maybe this is a real thing. And I don't know, I'll, it's a comic book movie. I'll watch it if it comes out. I actually, like, I, I wasn't really a fan of what Zack Snyder was doing with the DC universe and dc characters i don't really like those movies mm-hmm. but i think we should give him he deserves to finish off like his vision a chance to finish his trilogy yeah, right to finish his, his, his vision now the only part of like, about saying that is this justice league movie apparently was always going to be 
like a Infinity War Endgame scenario, type scenario where it was going to be two movies. So oh, then yeah. it's like, what's going to happen is, is are they going to make them let him have the second Justice League sequel, or are they going to like adjust what the original ending was going to be to make this just a definitive one movie with an ending? So right. it might not even. That's be an interesting question. Vision, right? Mm-hmm. It might be some new vision because now he knows he only has one movie. So it's all. It's all very That's true. It makes it, it makes it me curious, and it definitely like, uh, yeah, it makes curious. It adds, to, it makes it intriguing, and I think people will watch it because they're going to want to see the answers to these kind of questions, right? That's an interesting point, Mike, and I think we would leave that essentially into Snyder's and the studio's hands as as to how they play that out. Like, are they going to leave it open to a possible mm-hmm. sequel or finale, or are they just kind of kind of wrap up what they have? But I think if I'm the studio, I would avoid the trap of... I find that they've been always coming out, like you said before, saying that there's no Snyder Cut. Like, they've always been very rigid on this idea. Like, no, we, it is what it is. This is just like... But they should be playing a little bit more into the possibility of, you know, if it's successful. Like, that's what Marvel and anyone else does. It's like, if something's successful, they're going to go and make a, a sequel to it, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, they have this alternate sort of ending now with uh, how how Snyder's going to come out with it, but it, it is something that they're trying out for HBO Max, and it is something that uh, I think if it if it gets steam behind it, because that's what this whole thing is, like, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Like, as much as these, like, crazed diehard fans, someone called trolls sometimes, would like to take claim and take credit for this, it really is happening because Snyder wants it to happen and because the studio deems it can make money. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. They're they're only looking at it as a money game, which is fine, but it's also giving the fans what they wanted, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, like, it is proving that this kind of movement thing can work with the hashtags and with the the fans crying out for something, but it also has to have, like, some sort of credibility and, and, like, for example, this is not just, like, bringing a show back from the dead this is like something that snyder wanted from the jump and like it's kind of one of those unique scenarios like you mentioned before I, yeah. i'm just excited to see dark side because that was the promise of that just League movie that dark side would eventually come that's what but it is movie right? was it's so like bad. the big bad of the dc yeah, like it's the like we're finally gonna see him yeah he was the thing as a dc and he's not been on screen yet so this movie is in snyder tweeted a picture that people are saying was dark side so we might actually see dark side and uh movie which is pretty exciting yeah pretty cool. and that's and pretty that's cool. the thing and it, yeah. and and like we mentioned this isn't the first time they've done a director's cut or it even has precedent in dc when you consider like richard donner's uh, superman 2 right. cut which wasn't released to like what 20 years after the original mm. superman 2 so i mean it, it has kind of happened in the past where they've released these director's cuts of movies but i think in this scenario it is sort of unique in in that sense that we just discussed where it's it's a completely different director's vision of a movie yeah and people like worked really hard on that first movie and you don't want to disrespect them and disrespect joss whedon so i understand like yeah it's not just about snyder yeah yeah i understand people were saying that they didn't think it was going to come out it's tricky right like people that worked on the movie i'm sure are proud of it and although some people didn't like it they still worked very hard and it wasn't like a total dumpster fire and so, 
people, yeah, yeah, there's so there's a bit of a sense of media bait, clickbait to this whole controversy because I don't even know that I would call it a controversy, so to speak. I mean, we had Justice League in 2017. It did what it did. You either liked it or you didn't. A lot of people didn't. I didn't really care for it, but it does exist, and that's the kind of thing I'm. I that's the way I approach it, anyways. Is like you have something, it exists. This is a new take or an alternate take on that property, and it's a completely separate thing. You can either go and watch 2017 Justice League, or you can watch the way Snyder would have done it. You know what I mean? That's kind it of the way I look at it. It's got to be the first time that that two directors have released cuts of the same movie with like the same footage. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, like, I think what led to the, the story and stuff. Yeah, I mean, Donner Cut is like the closest thing I can think of to this. Right? I think like, so. That's and also the fact Superman. that it's Superman too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Also DC. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, Mike, you were saying before too that um, that there might be like some other movies of like director's cuts or or quote unquote Snyder cuts of movies that we might. Do you have something in mind? Is there something oh, that pop in your head? A, yeah, something we could talk about as a topic to spin off of Snyder cut is if there was one movie that you wanted to see a director's cut released, what would that movie be? And I'll let you guys think about it, but I have mine, and I it's piggybacking off what we talked about last episode. Um, and I know about this director's cut because of the Galaxy Quest documentary that I talked about. Oh. <laughs> so if there's a Galaxy Quest cut um, where the movie is actually rated R. And oh. when they shot oh. the movie, they were actually going for an R rating, and they were like swore and like throughout the whole movie. It's mostly the words. I don't know about like if there was more violence and stuff. Um, right, but just but like the actual language and stuff is yeah, what so it is. There's, yeah. a, there's a movie, and one of the actors was like, "Man, I want to see that cut because we cussed through that whole movie, and it was hilarious." Right, so the studio—I forget what movie came out. The movie came out before Galaxy Quest, and it was PG, and so the studio was like, "Oh, we need to like make Galaxy Quest PG," and so the studio stepped in and totally um, cut up the movie and made them made them change it to a PG movie and took out all the swearing. <laughs> but I would love to see the director's cut of Galaxy Quest with all the like Tim Allen swearing and stuff. And it's actually pretty funny when you if, knowing that um, knowing that there was a cut where they had like swearing and all this stuff because in some scenes they didn't even reshoot them; they just dubbed over. So like the actor, like this really obvious one, Sigourney <laughs> uh, <laughs> Weaver, like says the f word, and they just dubbed over it to say like crap. But she's mouthing the F word. And it's like super obvious. It's shown in the documentary. <laughs> it's hilarious. So <laughs> I would love to see um, the like cussing cut, director's cut of Galaxy Quest. That's Yeah. And the fact that you know that there's like some version of it already out there that exists. Mm-hmm. is like Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I, I kept thinking like, I mean, I was just kept thinking of like movies that I really love or movies that I like that I know aren't great that maybe there's a better version of it or something. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to think about it. So I was like, oh, Star Wars, Star Wars would be cool. But like, in a way, the prequels are director's cuts of what Lucas might have wanted to do with, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> with the originals as far as the technology goes. So yeah, he's like, like, I don't want anyone else to take over here. I want to do this all by myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's not quite what they are, but you know what I mean, in, in some ways. So... I was thinking of video game movies because they're so, or not all bad, but generally they're not very good, you know? So what would, I guess I'm just thinking of like, what would an improved version of 
like the Super Mario movie be? You know, like, right. why is like little things like why is why are their names Mario Mario and Luigi Mario? Like stupid things like that. Like really, is that really what you went for? Like I, I don't know. Maybe it just needs a completely different movie, but. I just I feel like there's something else they could have done with a movie like that, or some scenes that they left out that made that movie just so extra strange. And I just want it to be so good because it's a Super Mario movie, and it's just not, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so. like it is weird when you look back at it. I remember enjoying it as a kid, but like sure. also thinking it was super weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure our parents yeah, are sitting there weird. going, "This is this is the Mario movie." Like I can't even imagine what they were thinking when they were watching so us. True. Be also be puzzled by it. Like I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't show that movie to my kids now if I had if I had kids of the age to watch it. Like I'd be like, no, you're gonna just watch the cartoon show, or I'm gonna throw on Disney or something instead. Like that's just not. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> Dave, when you said Star Wars, I I could have sworn you were gonna say that you want the Lord and Miller cut of Solo because that for me. That's true. Mind. That's true. I kind of forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, I because it was I, very similar to the Joss Whedon um, thing where Ron Howard came in like halfway through production to take over. Yeah, the or like two thirds of the way through, and, and two thirds of the way through. And yeah. so there is some sort of like unfinished cut out there. I'm sure they have like the Snyder cut. They have to pump some money into it, but I think it would probably be a much better movie if if it, if they kept that like Lord and Miller humor, cause I love everything they've done. So yeah, it just depends on what, what parts of it they had their hands in. Like it, again, similar, to, it's, it's funny cause it's talking about names, but similar to the way that I was just saying about super Mario, like the, the little, the name things of how Han gets his, gets the solo name and the Chewbacca stuff and the Chewie, like that little stuff kind of throws me off in that movie more than the other things. Like overall, it's still a fun movie. It's just those little dialogue choices and those little sort of mini story beats that I, I think threw that's it off. So I don't know, maybe that's what would change and it would make it a more enjoyable movie. So yeah, actually that's a good point. I actually completely forgot about that. So that might be what it is right there. That's a good call. Yeah. That would have been a cool one to see. And also on the subject of star Wars would be um, sort of, I know there was issues surrounding Rogue one, even though Rogue one yes. I actually ended up liking what they came up with, but Gareth Edwards and uh, they brought in Tony Gilroy, right, to mm -hmm. kind of uh, fix it up the way they wanted, the studio wanted it kind of thing, I think is what, what happened. But yeah. uh, the, when I remember watching the trailer and there was that moment where the TIE fighter comes up during the climax to, to face Jin Erso. And it's so instead of Krennic meeting her at the top of the tower, he he actually flies a Tie Fighter up there. I thought that would have been really cool to see as like one of the final battles. Would have been like a unique scene that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Uh, as far as what director cut I want to see, it's it's uh, you know thinking about it on the spot. This might not be like a number one choice or anything, but I was uh, thought I'll set it up by talking about um, when when you look at different director's cuts it's usually when you something's coming out on blu-ray and you're like oh i want to see a different version of this or, or a longer version like you said mm -hmm. and uh i remember that they did one of days of futures past actually um so the x-men films where uh they actually did the whole thing uh but with the original rogue character like um anna paquin's rogue character instead of kitty pride um as as uh the featured character in that movie so it was like uh. a whole alternate version of how the the movie went down i never actually watched it but on the subject of x-men 
I think that one of my biggest problems with the X-Men franchise is the way the timeline got all messed up. So I think it would be cool. Like I don't even know who would be the director for the director's cut, but if, if you were to take maybe Simon Kinberg or someone instead of Brian Singer to do X-Men Apocalypse and have like sort of, I know there was a lot left on the cutting room floor, like with Psylocke's character, Olivia Munn did a lot of training for that role apparently. And like she, she, she got like, two minutes inside of that movie to, to show off her stuff, right? So, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot there in a big studio film where you could probably make a better version of X-Men Apocalypse, even given what they've already shot. Or they already and have, if yeah. someone else had cut it together and really, really cared about the timeline when they actually pieced it together and not, like, it didn't really make sense to me at all how they got to X-Men Apocalypse from X-Men Day- Days of Future Past. It, it just didn't seem like a cohesive timeline that they, where they really cared about what the characters were doing across like decade to decade. And they introduced, what, Angel like the, for a third time in the franchise. Like It was just, it didn't make any sense. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think there's... Could use a director's yeah. cut because it was... So, I think if they, if they had some sort of director's cut where they actually paid attention to what was going on and made a cohesive trilogy in, in a sense across those movies. It would have been cool. Yeah. It's, I guess we just, it's little things like little improvements that could, that could add up to what we imagined or what we think would be a thing. But I guess the, the, there's a lot to tackle in these superhero movies, right? Especially ones with large groups and stuff. So, uh, you know, justice league and X-Men and stuff. It's like, you could make, Sometimes you could make you know side project movies out of each larger one that's out because there's so much you can tackle and there's yeah. so many storylines you can go to that maybe the director's cut is like the story of I don't know a Professor X movie you know you know that's the first thing that came to mind I know he's in pretty much all of them and and a decent amount but you know what I mean something along those lines like where's where's just the rogue movie where's just the Cyclops movie you know think, or where's 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 the um, the Colossus movie. I want to see more of them. That's who I want to see. Yeah. Colossus was my favorite. From the yeah, movie. he's great. He's, he's great in the movies. So. <laughs> uh, okay, like, that's it'll a little be interesting yeah. to see Deadpool. How they carry Deadpool, on that franchise now that it's yeah. under Disney, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's going to be something we have to wait for too. So. Um, it's nice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it'll be like interesting. It. So I love it. <laughs> Yeah, um, but okay. just like, well, like hey. final thoughts about that yeah. whole like, X Men timeline. It's just like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I just every time they had a new X Men movie after Days of Future Past, I was scratching my head as to how they got. Like, why did they go all the way ten years into the future? And then like, so you're scratching your head during X Men Apocalypse, and then they come out with what was it? X Men Dark, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Not even X Men Dark yeah. Phoenix. Just Dark Phoenix. And it's like. Simon Kinberg's given another chance. He worked on X Men Three, X Three Last Stand. He's given another chance to do the Dark Phoenix storyline. Like it doesn't. I don't know. Like it. So many problems. Like so many problems when they brought out Apocalypse, and then they tried to introduce Dark Phoenix at the end of that one, and then to go from that to Dark Phoenix, it's just none of it made any sense. So very. So messy. definitely, that's what I think about when I think of doing like a director's cut. Someone coming in and just cleaning up that kind of whole overarching storyline because it didn't yeah. really make sense from film to film. So at least, like for better or for worse, the original three X Men movies had a through line. You know what I mean? Yeah. So X Three yeah. Last Stand wasn't the best, but I still got to give it more points to Dark Phoenix because they had yeah. so much. Like they had a decade of experience to work with, and they still ended up screwing up that franchise. Like it, that yeah. that that was just what. Sorry to go off on an X Men rant, but like. 
No, they but, have so much potential. Yeah, and like, it's funny that they take the best, what, what I think is the best storyline from all of X-Men comics and the cartoon, the Dark Phoenix saga, and they like ruined it twice. Like they, they tried to do it twice on film, and it was like so bad both times. It's like not only that, but like, I guess third time. I guess they kind of had to cut their losses because of the whole acquisition of Fox to Disney. But at the same time, like they really just did the same thing over again. They didn't yeah. do anything yeah. new to it. Like that that was what blew my mind. Like you could see evidence of where they were maybe gonna go do something completely different. Like they I knew they they had this whole grand third act in mind for Dark Phoenix where they were gonna go into mm-hmm. space and whatnot. But they should have stuck the landing then if that's the case, because like it was just a mess all around. Yeah. Well now that Disney has control of Rex, then maybe we'll get the movie that the Dark Phoenix deserves, you know? Yeah, we'll get the 2030 Dark yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> the, the third time's a charm edition. Yeah. Awesome. The third time's a charm edition. I'm, I'm totally there. I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the sucker that went to Dark Phoenix on opening night. So. Oh, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> well, yeah, not, while not we're on the subject of superhero movies, like I know that they, they could be bringing in a new X-Men team, but they'll probably most likely go Fantastic Four first, right? So I think like um, X Men yeah. kind of botched their uh, franchise so hard that they'll actually wait another ten years. They'll probably do like Fantastic Four between before they try X Men again. Right? Yeah, they screwed that I up too, so. though. Right? Uh, I think they need to give X Men a break, especially because the most popular character Wolverine is so like it was so iconically played by Hugh Jackman. I don't think audiences are ready for a new character to play Wolverine. I think they need to let it. Let That's it so true. Let's pass die. Yeah. No, but he he was the best part of that franchise to me. Oh yeah, I love mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. except for the first one. But yeah, <laughs> but like what you said, Dave, just to bring the director's cut uh, discussion full circle, is that 2015 Fantastic Four movie was a travesty, given that we had already had the Avengers and even Avengers Ultron, and then we get a movie like Fantastic Four from a different studio, mind you, but that movie was terrible. Um, and yeah. you know, not not to really dig at Josh Trank because it was funny, like seeing all this talk of director's cut. I remember they reached out to him saying, "Oh, would you do a director's cut of Fantastic Four? And he was like, "Nah, that movie's dead. Movie's <laughs> 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 dead to me." Good, yeah. Just forget time. about it. Uh, but well, but speaking of there. that whole yeah. movement, there was the whole talk of an air cut of Suicide Squad, which I don't know. Mm, what, no. what do you guys think of that? But no. I think I think uh, that movie is beyond repair. Yes. <laughs> Jared Leto is a Joker. I never want to see that ever again. Yeah. Geez. Yeah. Well, that, you'll you'll definitely be getting more of Jared Leto's Joker in, in, with David Ayer's cut because I think he did a lot more yes. with him as that character. Yeah, because he was almost barely in it. I would say, like, yeah. almost in some ways wasted him, but also wasn't the best part of it either. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that, lots. I mean, look, we could say that we want to improve this or that. We we know better. We do, I mean, we don't. But it's also like there's there's lots there. It feels like there's potential there that was either squandered for reasons out of people's control or studios or you know things that just happened in the moment. But like, you know, I th- I think like you said before, Ian, th- you can't just ignore things. I think that are out there if there's if there's a desire to do it with with people that made the original film, like this Snyder stuff. Then sure, let's let's give it a shot. You know, like let's try and do it right again. Exactly. I, I mean, there's there's <laughs> proof out there between this or even the Sonic 
film when they changed the complete change of the yeah. redesign of the character yeah. because of the the fan outcries like visible outcries on social media right which is proof that you can make change happen in the entertainment industry if you're really passionate about it but you also have to kind of take it with a grain of salt and realize that it's a money making business and it has to be like a viable option before you even before the studio will get behind that that option, totally right yeah for sure so yeah sure. but yeah that was uh wow we got pretty deep on director's cuts that- <laughs> are you sure yeah, you guys so- wanted to bring me in after the break <laughs> yeah man of course yeah, of course that's why you're here yeah yeah <laughs> me, and, me and Mike don't know anything. It's all good. No. Or at least I know I'm I don't. Pretty so. passionate fanboy over here in these yeah. uh, quarantine times. No, oh, yeah, no kidding. You gotta have an outlet somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, we'll uh, we'll catch up with uh, with what we've been uh, watching, playing a little bit more um, next time. Uh, in the meantime, Mike, where's everybody following along with us? Uh, you can find us on Day Back In Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the Twitch channel, which Dave is uh, streaming quite a few gaming, is Back in My Day Games, is it? Yes, Back in My Day back Games. Back in My Day Games. And find us on your podcast app of choice. Amazing. Sweet, guys. Uh, thank everybody for listening. Hope everyone out there is safe and healthy. And we'll talk to everybody next time. Sorry. Double team. Who does your hair? Siegfried or Roy? No hair jokes today, okay? 